3: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, November 21st, and you are listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast.
4: Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one belongs to the coach, Stephen Ray Mariucci, who's oh. laughing at me for some reason, the pride of Iron Mountain High School in Iron Mountain, Michigan, home of oh. the Mountaineers. That's right. The school's motto, Willie, the place to succeed. Wow. Incidentally, the first school in the Iron Mountain area opened in 1881, Mooch, of course, didn't attend until a few years later when the central school building was opened on the spot on which it still stands. Coach Mooch, welcome back to the pod. Wait,
3: I just learned something. Our school was opened in 1881. 1881. Wow, okay, good. We need a repair, too. I mean, we need a little upgrade. You look great for your age. Thank you. Voice number two belongs to
4: the player, William Lee McGinnis Jr., the pride of an institution that Sports Illustrated once named the Sports School of the Century. No, not USC. Long Beach Polytechnic High School, home of the Jackrabbits. School motto? Well, a school this successful requires two. Motto number one, home of scholars and champions. Motto number two Enter to learn, go forth to serve. I love it. Willie McGinnis,
3: welcome back to the pod. Wait, when when did they implement that school? It was founded in 1881 or no? They didn't really recognize themselves as a
4: proper institution until (laughs) Willie Mack walked through the doors. Today on the pod, Monday questions to Sunday contests. Monday congratulations to Sunday conquests. And of course, Monday concerns to Sunday capitulations, starting with the most dramatic of all NFL disasters so far this season. You've heard of the Minneapolis miracle. This was the Hennepin County heartbreak.
5: Kirk sacked oh, my God. at the five. Kirk sacked again, and it's a high five for the Dallas Cowboys, their fifth sack.
4: Oh, this is getting ugly for Minnesota. Wow. Final score, Cowboys 40, Vikings 3. Coach, let's start by celebrating the victor first. Uh, This is clearly the new standard for the Dallas Cowboys, what we saw on that field yesterday in Minneapolis. It's
3: impressive, is it repeatable? You may never see another game like that, you know why? That was their largest margin of victory on the road in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. 37-point victory, okay? So are we going to see that again? Maybe in the next 70 years or something. That and, that and that's against the playoff team. Yes, it is. That was crazy. A couple of playoff teams being that lopsided in a game was really shocking.
4: The number two seed in the NFC, a team that has been dogged by doubt since the beginning of the season. And that doubt, oddly, seems to increase with each win as if we've been waiting for the other shoe to drop the shoe dropped loudly yesterday what stood out in this game for you willie Mack?
6: what stood out is that a dallas cowboy c- team came in and physically dominated on every single level from the trenches to running the ball to the a- the passing game defensively shutting down you know minnesota's best weapons whether it was Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook, destroying their offensive line with pressure. It just seemed like this wasn't the team we've been watching for the last eight, nine weeks. It just seemed like Dallas exposed a really good team in a lot of different ways. Or you could just say that Minnesota probably didn't show up at all in any phase of the game. Either way, I think this is the reason why a lot of people doubted Minnesota and how far they can go and how good they can be. I still think they're a solid football team, but I think they got to improve in certain areas if they want to be the team that a lot of people expected them to be before this game.
4: Let's talk about just how gross that imbalance was. Total yards, Dallas 458, Minnesota 183. (laughs) On third downs, the Cowboys were 12 of 17. The Vikings were 1 of 11. 19 of the quarterback pressures applied by the Dallas Cowboys came with four or fewer guys. This was about pressure, not about the blitz. Willie, you talk a lot about that. Zero sacks allowed by the Dallas Cowboys, seven sacks taken by Kirk Cousins, and everybody was in on the act. J. Ron Kurse had a sack, DeMarcus Lawrence had a sack, Dante Fowler had one, Dorrance Armstrong had two, and so, of course, did Micah Parsons. Here comes
1: Parsons, Parsons
5: got him from behind, and the ball
3: is out, and the Cowboys were cutter. It was Parsons!
4: Willie,
6: you indicated, took this one a little personally. Explain what you mean. Well, he didn't have a lot of production a week prior, and a lot of people said, oh, his team's figured out how to stay away from Michael Parsons or negate him or slow him down. And he is the ultimate competitor. He listens to all the noise, the outside noise and all those different things. And when you got really good players, I don't know if it's too soon to call them great, but really, really good players. And they hear that and they're competitive and they take that personal He was on a mission. I didn't care if if it was a rookie at tackle or guard or whoever it was. This man was on a mission. And I'll remind you, he let a sack go because he thought Cousins had threw the ball. So he would have had another sack if he would have realized Cousins still had the football. Coach, what do you say to a team that takes this battle loss? I'm not suggesting
4: you've ever had to do it. But channeling your inner coach, you show up and you simply didn't show out. So how do you provide hope and a little bit of enthusiasm for a team that lost this badly at home in the national spotlight and now all the naysayers are nodding their heads as if to say, we knew it all along?
3: Well, the best thing they did over there was the Skull Champ. You know, they were really good before the game. The crowd was into it. They were going, and they were in unison, and I was, like, getting goosebumps, and here we go. And it was all downhill after that, like Willie mentioned. In every single phase of the game, it was just a dominating kind of performance by the Cowboys. Now, the Vikings won seven in a row. A lot of their wins are one-possession games. comes down to the last drive, and they've been lucky enough to win them all. All right, all those close games, that's really rare. So, right now they have actually a negative point differential at 8 and 2. They have a negative point differential. That's really strange. So, so the 8 and 2 is is it a little bit of a false positive, I suppose, because they're not a dominating physical kind of team. When people take away their best player, who's their best player? Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. When people slow him down, they don't seem to have a lot of other options. Dalvin Cook's a good back. And the Dallas defense had been giving up a lot of rushing yards, but the score said, "Hey, forget the run. You'll run a little bit here and there, but it's not going to be enough points to win this game. So abandon that and put Kurt Cousins back there uh, in the pocket and just get beat up. His seven sacks were the most he's ever been sacked in his career, and he was under duress another what, 15 times at or least. Whatever.
4: It seemed yeah. it seemed every and single. And Micah season. Parsons.
3: <laughs> took out his anger early and often and that sack strip fumble early and just set the tone. And it was, it was just, uh, you know, I've never, when's the last time you saw a CBS change from showing Tony Romo and Jim Nance on the broadcast, to another game because the game was so out of hand. To so the Bengals game. They go to the Bengals game. Correct. And it's like because this game's over. This
4: is no contest. This may be more so interesting, sure. guys. Let's check they, this they out. They
6: were putting in the backups by the end of the third quarter. The backups were coming in the game yeah. at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That that tells you how out of hand this game was. So,
3: so I needed to answer your question better because what does a coach do? <laughs> I think they're lucky that they're playing quickly. They're playing on Thanksgiving against Bill Belichick. There's no time to sulk. They have to get ready on that film. Every now and then you'll see a coach, you know, bury the film, you know, it's like we're not that's not us. That's not us. We're just not even going to look at that. We're just going to move on. we got to get our minds right. Is this the week to do that? It might be. I mean, because there's nothing good that comes from watching that beatdown. I mean, they're going to get depressed by watching it. You know, you, they probably saw it already. But, you know, it's this is one of those games that it's just a head scratcher.
4: It sure is. And both of you guys mentioned every phase. Let's give Brett Maher a little credit. He was four for four. Oh, yeah. Dak Prescott, only three incompletions on the day, two touchdowns. And, of course, Thunder and Lightning in blue and silver. Zeke supplied the Thunder.
3: How about you, Zeke? Spin off the guy and walk the dog.
4: Tony Pollard supplied the Lightning. Pollard
3: has the
5: catch, and no one will touch him again. Touchdown.
4: Guys, let's talk about free agent-wide receiver and the most coveted asset since the early days of crypto. OBJ will apparently make his choice on who to join after Thanksgiving. So, Coach, paint the picture for me. He'll be sitting there watching the Thanksgiving Day games and making his choice based on what he sees then. Or do you have a sense that he has already decided he's looking for confirmation on Thursday?
3: I think a guy like OBJ wants to go to a place where he can win. Contribute, yes, but win and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. His best chance is not going to a rebuild. You know, so we're, we're listening to noise about the Giants and the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys have a better team. They have a better chance to go deep in the playoffs. They have a quarterback that's there long-term. We don't know about Daniel Jones' future, right? So, I mean, it seems clear to me that if those are the two choices, he's going to have a star on his helmet. And that seems to be the short list
4: that we keep hearing about. Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence both tweeting come-hithers at OBJ after that big win. So, too, did Trevon Diggs, whose stat line was unimpressive. But, Coach, as you mentioned, his contribution was unmatched. Coach, shutting down Justin Jefferson, as you mentioned before, easier said than done, but it has been done now twice this season, first by Darius Slay and now by Mr. Diggs. Is that the not-so-secret secret secret to beating the Vikings? How worried should the Vikings be? Because I have a feeling they're feeling a little bit like a Kardashian right now,
3: (laughs) overexposed. (laughs) Okay. Um, You mentioned Darius Slay and and, uh, Trevon Diggs, but they're not the only two... Corners or teams that have tried to take away Justin Jefferson. They just happened to do the best job. They did a heck of a job. Uh, J- Justin didn't score any touchdowns against either guy, only three catches this past game. And, and so, you know, when you have a great receiver, you know that going in. So you got to have some other guys that contribute, whether it means run game or TJ Hawkinson, who ju- they just acquired from the Lions or Adam Thielen, or figure it out. Figure it out, because your star is going to get double teamed. I went through a Jerry Rice day where they double and triple teamed him all day, and you got to throw to somebody else. So T.O. catches 20. So you, something else has to happen when they take away your star.
4: You mentioned it, Coach. They face Bill Belichick and the Patriots on Thursday, on Thanksgiving. Finish this sentence for me. I wouldn't be surprised if.
3: <laughs> if the Vikings win that game. Really?
4: Yeah. You think a bounce back is conceivable and
3: maybe even probable? Well, I didn't see the Patriots score a touchdown either. I, you know, I, those are two teams that are playing uh, the night game of Thanksgiving who didn't score a touchdown but the you,
6: but prior you, week. But you did see a great defense. Yeah. A great defensive performance, right? And you do know that if the Dallas Cowboys' Dan Quinn understands how to take away your best weapon, who this offensive coordinator slash head coach Designs everything around, kind of like Cooper Cooper Cup, where he's from, with the Rams. Do you think that Bill Belichick and company will do something similar and force Kirk Cousins to go to his other options, like the Cowboys did? I think that's a, a absolute must. It's clearly, the blueprint, right?
3: Yeah. Well, because they this gotta... is the
6: blueprint that the coach I played for has been doing for
3: the well, last three decades. He's made up that blueprint. <laughs> but, but, I, but I think most teams have been trying to do that all year, some with more success than others. Right. But I think the Vikings will move the ball enough. Right. It, the Vikings defense has been their Achilles heel as well. You know, they're 29th in pass defense, and Dak had his way. Now, Mac Jones is not Dak, even though he played pretty well against the Jets with no touchdowns. So we'll see how well the young quarterback can play against this average defense.
6: You know, they, they also had—let me, let me just say this really quick about the defense, Coach. They also was at the top of the league at pass defense with 50 of them. They also had two guys that had seven out of the ten interceptions in Harrison Smith and Peterson— So they've had production on the back end. I just think if they can't get pressure and they faced a team that schemed for what they did and had the perfect plan and nothing went well for them on defense or anything, I just think it was a perfect storm as well. Will we see Minnesota get dominated in every phase, every single phase like this again? I don't think so. I just think it was a perfect storm. Once it started, they couldn't stop it.
4: I think that when somebody shows you who and what they are, you should believe them. And I think we have now seen what the Minnesota Vikings really are. To Coach's point, they scrapped for seven wins decided by one score or less. It's impressive to win all those close games. But you mentioned it the other day. That can't sustain. What we saw yesterday for me, we're going to see more of in the future. That is a gut call you guys know better than I do, so I'll shut up and move on to the next game, which may have been the best game. Herbert's in trouble
5: again. He will unload it down the middle. It's going to be deflected and intercepted. Intercepted at the 42-yard line. Yes, yeah, Nick Bolton. What not, Nick Bolton? He's playing at an all-pro level, and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to do it again to the
4: Chargers. Chiefs, 30. Chargers, 27. Keenan Allen back in the lineup, made a huge mistake. Lost the football. Kansas City all over it. Then made up for it Mm -hmm. in a huge way.
5: Third and 18. Looking downfield. Sideline shot here.
4: He's caught by Allen. Then Justin Herbert found Josh Palmer in the end zone for a second time on the night. That's it. Fly end zone. Caught. Touchdown. And the Chargers are up too. But... Two minutes in the hands of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. (laughs) Two minutes (laughs) too many. Mahomes crossing pattern caught Kelsey, 10 yard line, five yard line, touchdown, Kansas City. (laughs) Guys, the Chargers showed life. The stadium was loud. Herbert was slinging it for moments. They looked every bit the AFC West contender that Willie, you predicted they would be this season. But the Chiefs are different because they have the best battery, the best pitcher and catcher in all of football, in my estimation, in Mahomes. And Kelsey, is this the best team in the AFC? Are we going to see this team in a fifth straight AFC championship game and yet another Super Bowl? It's hard for me to imagine the answer is no.
3: We are so much of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of thinking when we evaluate the teams, okay? We all probably assume that Kansas City will play maybe the Bills in the championship game, and the Bills have had some... Uh, so, eh, your games, you know. And so, most teams have been up and down. Mm-hmm. Most teams are up and down, all right. Not everybody is consistent. Very few teams are consistent. Maybe the, hey, the Chiefs lost to the Colts, okay. But but when I watch these Chiefs, it's just, it's, uh, and, and the Chargers have a nice team, too. Justin Herbert is a superstar. And and it was a shame that Mike Williams came out of that game hurt again. But are you guys old enough to know who the Harlem Globetrotters are and Meadowlark Lemon? Well, Patrick Mahomes is Meadowlark Lemon, okay? Okay this is a this is a fun show to watch because Juju was gone. He's a Trojan. Yep. He, McCole Hardman was out, all right? We, we don't need to talk about who else yeah. was missing before the season Tyreek's in the rear and view so, mirror. And they're still entertaining as all get out, right? And yeah, Travis Kelsey had to make plays, and he got three touchdowns.
6: And now
5: Travis Kelsey, his 33rd 100-yard receiving game of his career, the most by a tight end in National Football League history.
3: But this, this is a creative kind of offense. With Andy Reid, Uh, Clyde Edwards, Eric came out of the game hurt. But they're fun to watch. They play out of the box. And Patrick Mahomes is Houdini. And they get him two minutes. That's way too—13 seconds is too much time for the guy, right? we we learned learned last last year. year. So this is—I don't know who's going to beat the Chiefs. They are fun to watch.
4: They are fun to watch. One of the things that strikes me, Coach, is the body language. We've talked a lot about certain players and maybe an absence of positive, uh, leadership-driven body language. But Patrick Mahomes is the complete antithesis to that. Every time you see him on the sideline, even when that (laughs) first drive stalled and they had to settle for a field goal, Mahomes isn't on the bench pouting. He's out there dabbing up all the guys on that special teams unit that just took part in that field goal. And to the end, even when Justin Herbert is driving those Chargers down for what Bolts fans hoped would be a winning touchdown, they kept going to Mahomes on the sidelines. And there was this look, almost a grin of anticipation at the opportunity that you know he was going to be given to do something great, and sure enough, he did. He looks forward to moments like this. and That's the kind of guy you want on your team. Coach, you have coached some special players in your day. Is he the first guy you'd pick on the playground?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right now I would, I guess. He's, uh, and that's what he did growing up. He, play, he was on the playground with baseball and basketball and everything else. He's such one of those, he's athletically confident. He's a smart kid. He knows how to lead. He's. Did you see his interview with Melissa Stark and Travis Kelsey at the end of the game? He just, he says the right things.
2: We practice those situations and uh, when you got playmakers, first off, a lot of guys stepped a lot of young kids that stepped up and then uh, that being 8'7 made a play when it counts like he seems like he always does.
3: And he learned that from his dad and growing up in, in these sports. But I, I, I've been there several times at their training camps and their practices because Andy Reid and I cut our teeth together, right? So what you see out there, is what you get in practice. All these crazy throws, sidearm and running around, that doesn't just happen by happenstance. That happens in practice. They let it go. They think that's a large part of what they do, the unpredictability of where he runs and and how he throws the ball. It's kind of a new way of playing quarterback in our league. It's different, Um, but you know what? Let's enjoy it because it's going to be fun to watch in the next 10 or 12 years.
6: It's, it's only a new way if you have the ability to do that. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. I've watched Zach Wilson <clears throat> try and do that. Like, he has good arm talent, right? I've watched him try to run one way and sling it, cross-arm the other. And it, it's an interception. Or he's throwing it five feet over the receiver's head. Like, you got to have the, the ability and the athleticism and the arm talent and the precision and everything else to make some of those throws. Like Dan Marino was one of those guys after the Achilles injury that happened who couldn't move the pocket but you could be draped on his back and he could throw the ball sidearm 25 yards on the out and and, and it's a dime. So this kid is not only special with what he does when he's out of the pocket and improvising or whatever but his arm talent and his accuracy when on the move and unorthodox throws It's supreme. And you can't, you can't like sit in a meeting or sit on a practice field and have a guy put on a jersey and say, be Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Because they can't, they can't emulate that. That's what's so tough for defenses.
4: Attitude reflects leadership, does it not? Absolutely. You were on a team that had for two generations of a dynasty. Patriots players had a guy under center that they knew they should never count out until the final whistle blew. And if when the final whistle blows, we're behind, well, then it turns out we lost. But up until that moment, this guy's done it before. He's done it time and time and time again. He's done it before. Let's put our faith in that. Let's go with that. And that's what we see from this Chiefs team. To coach this point, 13 seconds, please. We're good. My guy's got this. My guy's got this. And you saw that up and down the sidelines all night. Such a fun team to watch. To your point, let's talk a little bit about Chiefs stats, because I think they're important. 20 for 34, Patrick Mahomes was 329 and three touchdowns. Zero picks. That becomes important in a moment. The Chiefs showed balance. They ran it 27 times. This is not a number that we're used to seeing so far this season. This is a good sign for them and a scary sign for everybody who's going to face them the rest of the year. Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries, 107 yards. Kelsey, of course, with that monster night, 6 catches only for 115 yards and three touchdowns. Chargers stats, they were eight for 14 on third down and yet the difference in that game may have been the fact that Herbert threw one pick and Patrick Mahomes didn't. It is about situational football as you guys always talk about and when the situation mattered one guy could be counted on the other guy was just oh so close which seems to be the subtext for the Chargers for the last decade. We interrupt this podcast to remind you that Zach Wilson did not let down a Jets defense that surrendered only three points to the New England Patriots. Let's be clear about something. The old saying has always been that your best ability is your availability. Coach, I'm starting to think it may be accountability. Because in a world of Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray's and Zach Wilson's, finding a leader who was willing to stand up and take accountability is getting harder and harder. Am I missing something here? I didn't like what I heard from Zach Wilson after that game, and I don't want to point the finger too directly at him, but he's unwilling to take accountability. He was 9 for 22, 7 Yards In the second half, the New York Jets ran 26 plays. And they picked up a grand total of, say it with me, two yards. Which, if you figure it out, we can't even talk about average yards per play. We have to talk about average inches per play. Total inches per play in the second half for gangrene, 2.769. Zach, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't let them down. It's not on you, bud.
3: Yeah, well, I wouldn't put Aaron Rodgers in the same category with right. Kyler Murray and Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers has been there, done that, and, and he deserves the respect to be, hey, I'm a, I'm a Super Bowl winner, MVP guy, all, all that other stuff. Different category of, of level of experience. Now, let's go back to the Kyler Murray and, and Zach. Kyler Murray uh, has been the number one star since high school, never lost a high school game in Texas and then the the college career and all all of this and he just got paid and all of that. They have to deal with that, okay, over there at Arizona. Zach Wilson's situation is he's the starting quarterback, he's a good kid, he's a talented kid, but he's not playing well. It's not because of lack of effort or training or prep, the kid's just not playing well. What he's gonna get criticized this week for is his press conference. Well, more than that, his play. And then the press conference. That's a double dip, okay? That's hard. And what happens is the quarter we know this, the quarterback and the head coach have to stand up there after every game. And if it's a win, say the right things. If it's a loss, say the right things. And that's not fun. It's not easy. And he had I'd say he had a bad press conference. Yeah. I think that was a pick six. Okay, I think he needs a redo. (laughs) That's fair. He probably I don't know, but he's probably already addressed his team. I hope about, hey, this is what I meant. This is what I should have said. This is what I believe. But. You know, Or watch a couple of press conferences from Josh Allen, who has had two losses in a row, but he took accountability. The each word, and every time. Each and every time. And I think that's all I was That's what, you need, was that's about that's what you need to do. I think that's
4: all I was saying about yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Coach, because you're absolutely right. We should not compare resumes. It's unfair uh, of us to do so. And forgive me for lumping him in with people who are not yet proven articles and entities. However, when push came to shove early in the season, number 12 in green and gold was willing to point fingers at a young unproven wide receiver core instead of lifting them up by saying I believe in you, we're going to figure this out, he sort of suggested, hey, you guys figure it out. I'll be here when you do. That's all I meant. But let's stay on topic here. The Jets defense did everything they were supposed to do to give this team an opportunity to win a very important divisional game. This could be crucial come playoff time when it comes to seeding, when it comes to being in the frame or being out of the frame. 103 total yards, though. Six first downs for this Jets team. Defense clearly the star of this one. Ten total sacks. Six for the Jets, four for the Patriots, and of course, in a game like this, it is often a special team's play or player that makes the difference. Marcus Jones made sure of that. Stab left, ran it right oh. down the sideline, to the 40, to the 50, to the oh. left, back of the 45, beats the putter to the 35-30, Marcus Jones! Willie, you must have been proud of your former team, maybe, albeit not that impressed with the offense, but a win's a win's a win's a win. This has to feel very good for the Patriots on a short week going into a game against the Vikings on Thursday.
6: The name of the game is finding different ways to win. And being a part of that franchise for a number of years, special teams has always been one of the most important ingredients in our success in every way. And when I saw what happened, um, I thought about some other games that they've won: block field goals, block punts, returns for touch, all different types of ways. They've done this over the course of the last few years. They put a lot of emphasis on special teams. And you look at it. If you look at the probably the best team in the league, the Eagles, they found different ways to win games. If you look at the really good teams, you're not always going to have a 40-point blowout. You're not always going to going to throw and, and score touchdowns and do whatever. you got to find different ways. Sometimes it's like a USC-UCLA shootout. You need the offense to bail you out because you're struggling defensively. Sometimes you need the special teams to do something. I mean, I've been in AFC championship games where, you know, Troy Brown has returned a, a field goal, you know, a field goal block for a touchdown. So there's, there's different ways we've won games, and it all works, it all works, and the good team find those ways. And I always say this, I'll take an ugly win over a beautiful loss any day.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> there still has to be hope in that locker room. If you're Robert Sala this week, your defense did a superlative job. Your offense didn't quite measure up on the day, but there still has to be hope for this Jets team going forward this So season.
3: the Jets defense... And Robert Saul is a defensive guy. He was a coordinator at the Niners, right? And Jeff Albrecht and now is his coordinator. But last year, they were last, dead last, in scoring defense Past and total defense, defense. defense. and all that. Yeah. Okay? Th- this year, they're top 10. That kind of a turnaround has not happened since 1955. I mean, this is, th- I mean, talk about being pathetic to being really good, like, overnight, is incredible. <laughs>
5: Yeah, sack number six. If one thing you want, hit your defense, keep you in
6: the game.
3: So I think you got to, yeah, you, you try to fix the stuff that bit you in the butt, right? But you also have to feel good about some things. Point out and, and even try to build on that. They, they have a heck of a defense. Yes, they do. Really good defense. And you got to credit them. So that's, that's what makes them a scary team because they're a confident team. If they can just you know, get sacked and turn the ball over and make a few yards on offense, they can beat most any team with that great defense. Speaking
4: of scary teams, a team that you mentioned a moment ago, the Philadelphia Eagles. Hurts takes the snap. He's back. He's going to run. He's in! Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. A lot of people would look at this final score, Philadelphia 17, Indianapolis 16, and say that that is an indication of Eagles' vulnerability. And yet, coming out of that game, to your point, Willie, I find them scarier than ever. Why? Because they found a way to win that kind of game. Let's go to another team in the NFC East, the New York Giants. Final score, Steve Mariucci's Detroit Lions 31, the New York Football Giants. 18. Give it to Williams, looking for his third
1: of the day, and he's got it for the
4: touchdown! The stat that jumps out to me, gentlemen, 15 carries, 22 yards. For Saquon Barkley. That's about 1.4 yards a carry, not the stat line Saquon or the Giants were looking for. Two big injuries coming out of this Adoree Jackson and, of course, Wandale Robinson. Are the Giants' best moments of the 2022 season in their rearview mirror? And
3: in this case, images in the mirror may be farther away than they appear. Okay, I, I, I think I put the Giants in the same, a similar category as the Vikings. They have a nice record, but they both won a lot of close games. So the record could be considerably different if you take a play or two away from each game, right? They, don't, they can't afford a lot of injuries on this team. So it's going to be fun to watch this, uh, this game at Dallas to see exactly where they are. It'll be a good barometer if you're any good or not. This is the real McCoy. But, you know, you got to give them credit from being pathetic last year to a, a playoff contender right now. But they're not a perfect team. They're not a perfect... What do they do great if if it's not Saquon?
4: The answer may be nothing. Jackson will keep it on the read
5: option. Jukes a man, stumbles to the one, dives in for the touchdown.
4: The Baltimore Ravens, 13. The Carolina Panthers, 3. Carolina has proved to be a tricky out with or without Christian McCaffrey this year. Willie, is this Ravens
6: team the team that no one is talking about but maybe should be? I think so. I think it's a well-coached team. I think they... Lost some games early on in the second half by not finishing games. But what hurt them last year was, no pun intended, them being hurt. A lot of injuries. They're healthy. They're winning games. I think they've won at least five games in a row, however the number is. And they've got the pieces, which makes them dangerous, starting with the quarterback, the running game. they got a solid defense, and they've got a lot of young talent. And they've got a coach that's experienced and being, I would say, like up and down, like riding the wave of a a season. So I would say this team will be prepared. This team is probably happy nobody's talking about them. And all they're doing each and every week is getting better. So never count out the Baltimore Ravens, especially when they're healthy. Well, if they continue
4: to win games like they did on Sunday, they will get their wish. We will continue to not talk about them.
5: Hands it off. Devin Singletary cuts right, goes back left, into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo!
4: Bills 31, Browns 23. Coach, a game they were supposed to win, a game they did win. What impressed me the most is the manner in which they got the win by running the football, committing to Devin Singletary. Josh Allen wasn't the star of this game. Number
3: 26, Devin Singletary was. Yeah, and what a what a week they had with a snowstorm over there in, in Buffalo and then half the they traveled just the day before the game. Boom, get there and, you know, go to, bed and play not easy to do no it, you get you just screw up your routine and it was kind of a you know messy game at first and stefan diggs wasn't able to catch the ball or get targets early and he got a little frustrated but uh then then josh threw him one in the back of the end zone right through his chest that was like a fastball um but the bills are a solid team very solid team and, and then they they had to kind of wake up and come off of a couple things Couple losses in a row that they had to swallow and say what happened and Josh Allen's elbow and just uh, you know see a little bit underperforming um, but you know what they're back I can't wait for them to go to Detroit and play they chose to stay they leave and go home and come right back to Detroit which was interesting <laughs> but I you know I'd, I'd want to do that too but um, you know they got to go right back and play a, a hot Detroit Lion team. It's going to be a. It's going to be a heck of a game on Thanksgiving. Burrow back to throw, screen pass. Pirine with blockers in front. He's at the 20. To the sideline. Get 15, in. 10, in. <laughs> five. Touchdown.
4: Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals 37, the Pittsburgh Steelers 30 in a surprisingly close for my money AFC North matchup. Bengals did it with Joe Mixon on the sideline. Samaje Ryan the first <clears throat> Bengals running back in their history to have three receiving touchdowns. Guys, I want to finish on the Raiders.
1: Car loads up. Adams is open. Left off touchdown.
4: Raiders 22. Broncos 16. Full credit to Derek Carr and Devontae for finding a way to win that game. Looked to me like Derek's arm was hit even on that game-winning pass to Devontae. Showed great strength and focus in that moment. But guys, the story coming out of this once again falls to the loser. What is going on in Denver? We've asked it many different ways this season. Let's just be straight with it. Do you see something that we don't see in this Denver Broncos
6: team because it is a tire fire? What I see is I don't know the identity of the team if that makes sense. Offensively, I don't know the direction. They've made Clint Kubiak the play caller now, which before it was, it, was, it was being done by the head coach and the quarterback coach. They were collectively calling plays, which in my mind causes confusion, especially when you have a veteran quarterback. I don't think there was a precise system in place for Russell when he got there that you probably could have put together knowing what he's used to, what he does well, his skill set, and on and on and on, but that becomes evident because you got two inexperienced play callers that's never done it. Defensively, I think they're competitive. As a team, I just don't think there's a balance there. You could play good defense, but if you can't score points or have consistent drives or you're not dangerous in any phase of the game, it makes it hard to win football games. And I think everybody thought that Russell was just going to come in, probably include myself and a lot of other analysts or professionals thought he would come in and that position was the missing piece because this was a really good football competitive team when they got that missing piece it just seems like the piece didn't fit the puzzle as well as the coaches and everything it just seems like there is no chemistry in a lot of ways and I just don't know if this season if it's going to happen at all, I think it's going to take an entire offseason to figure this thing out.
4: Coach, this missing piece is a very costly piece. Cap hit this year 17 million. It goes up to 22 million in 2023. It goes up to 35 million in 2024 and it goes up to in excess of 55 million dollars in 2025. This may be a problem they can't get away from. Will they regret making this move?
3: signing a deal this big no well the 55 million in three years is a fake year you know it's just it's probably not going to get to that yes sir it's not going to get to that and and i agree with willie the defense has been they were good they were fifth ranked last year before this staff came in and now they're still good still good but here you here you come with a new coach and a new system rookie coach by the way and and russell didn't even play in the preseason which surprised me, and then I thought September would be their preseason, and uh, they're still they're still in their preseason. Then they hire a game manager, coach for the press box uh, after the second game to help out, and I change play callers. I mean, the the, 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 the offensive coaches um, have to get the get the kinks out because they're not hitting on all eight cylinders right yet and Russell's going to be there it's a $17 million cap hit for a starting quarterback not bad it's, it's good <laughs> it's good very good so for the next year or two he's fine they've got to surround him with more talent they've got to practice they've got to be together they've got to figure out what their identity is I love that because the, you know Russell's been on a, run, a, a good defensive team in Seattle and yes, a run has. team first and we've and seen what that can be do be a complimentary kind of a quarterback to, to that um, they're not There, right now.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
4: I want to thank today's guest, Willie McGinnis, the three-time Super Bowl champion, and our resident play caller, the head coach, Steve Mariucci, the pride of the Mountaineers from Iron Mountain, Michigan. Join us tomorrow when we take a deeper dive into the Week 12 schedule, starting, of course, with those three Thanksgiving Day games. What are you thankful for? I'll tell you what I'm thankful for. Three Thanksgiving Day games. We'll talk about all of them. Till then, ciao for now.